This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Catalog and Cocktails, presented by Data.World. It's your honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management with tasty beverages in hand. I'm Tim Gasper, longtime data nerd, product guy, customer guy over at Data.World, joined by Juan Cicada. Hey, everybody. I'm Juan Cicada, the principal scientist at Data.World. And today, it's a special episode. This is being recorded on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. So we're going to publish this later on. So you'll be listening to this later on. And like, what are these folks talking about? Yeah. Valentine's and, yeah. and kindness. Get, and and get to have this. love and kindness all over again a second day. But today, we're super excited to have a guest who's going to be talking about something that I cannot, still cannot believe when we get to this topic. It's Kristen Shuley. She's a senior manager of business intelligence at Data Delivery at Learning Care Group. Kristen, how are you doing? Welcome. What? Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Cheers. So, what are we cheersing to? Let's cheers to the love of data. I think it's only fitting. Love of data data. with our our Valentine's and sunset mimosa here. So, cheers. 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 All right. So, we have our warm up question today, which is what was your favorite class in school and why? Okay, so I obviously, um, not only do I work for a learning organization, but um, I have always been a lifelong learner. And so I think my favorite class was actually when I was taking my MBA. Um, I had a series, my concentration was on strategic leadership. And so we would always talk about why teams failed, why organizations failed, what made them successful, what made them not. Um, but every time I go to class uh, to set the mood, it was always at night. I was getting my um, MBA while I was working. So we'd go in, it's like six o'clock to 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And you'd always say, all right, come to, this, come to the clouds with me. We're just, we're going to talk about just anything and everything. And we always had meaningful conversations about what people were um, experiencing in um just in their work environments and, and what was happening. And I think for me, those classes, because there was a few of them, I loved them and I still apply them to the team I have today. So I think we'll probably talk a little bit about that and kind of drive a little bit more as we go through it. Um, but for me, um, so my favorite class in school is always the ones that really uh, challenge your thinking um, and didn't really accept the norm. And so I don't I have a specific that. one, but um, I'm always about uh, just learning and growing and um what shouldn't we be doing or what should we change? And so that was always a big thing. That, that is great. I really love that. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was thinking about just saying like, I don't know, when I was a kid, math, but now you made it go. <laughs> was math your favorite? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. But now, but, but now I'm like thinking of something more profound. For me, it was physics. Uh, so my senior year physics class was my favorite class by far. Uh, and it was because of how passionate my physics teacher was. And that's where I knew that, well, in retrospect, I found that I was attracted to the passion. I went to college to study physics and I ended up with a business degree. Um, but that passion always sticks with me. So, Absolutely. <laughs> Well, all right. There's a lot to cover here and let's just kick it off. So, Kristen, honest, no BS. Hold on. So Learning Care Group operates like over a thousand schools in mm-hmm. 39 states. Mm-hmm. It has 11 unique brands. There's 21 thousand employees you serve a hundred over 150,000 children and the data team is of five yes yes that that, that enterprise is, reporting the enterprise reporting team the en- enterprise reporting team for 21,000 employees is five it's five all right well, how is this even <laughs> that possible? sounds like yes <laughs> yeah. how is that, that possible that is, that, that, it is a real <laughs> thing it is a real thing um so we are the uh i think the epitome of teamwork and i think if you look at our overall structure 
um, and how we're structured as a company, it is all about teamwork. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up. So specifically, our schools are Earlyhood Childhood Care Learning Centers. So we um, have the license capacity from six weeks old to 12 years old. And so that's really our student base. Um, that being said, our 21,000 employees, I would say a huge majority our teachers in our schools. Um, and so when we think about how each school is ran and the enterprise um, reporting that is involved in that, it really centers around um, our audience becomes the school directors. Mm -hmm. So you've got the school director who becomes the um, really the number one viewer of our reports. And then from there, our company um, has a district level, a region level to a division uh, level. And then we have our headquarters, which is Support Central, we call it. So you'll probably hear me reference Support Central a lot. That's our headquarters. And we got about 400 employees. So really, when we think about it, there's about 400 employees who support those 1,050 schools um, from the from behind the scenes. And so uh, my team of five, it is my leader, myself, and I have three analysts. Um, we have partnered with uh, every business unit within LCG um, to kind of ask the questions, what reporting do you need? What reporting can we change? And um, what story do you want to tell? And we work incredibly close with our friends in IT um, so my team specifically is housed in finance. Um, so we partner with uh, our IT team. We work with them every single day um, because we personally do not own the data warehouse. Um, so the data warehouse is on our data governance team. Um, so we we basically tap into the data warehouse and that's how we we start building our reports. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but yes, there's truly five of us. Um, all of our enterprise reporting is done through Power BI, um, and it's been about two and a half years to uh, stand up this operation, and it is pretty remarkable what we do. That's awesome. So it feels like you've got a, a support structure in here, despite the fact that the, the scale is pretty awesome and crazy, um, that you've got like sort of an IT team that's supporting you, you've got a governance team that's supporting yep. you, and then and then you refer to your team as sort of the BI analytics yep. group. Yep, We're, um, so our true titles are business intelligence and data delivery, but that's so long and everyone never remembers, so they just know us as the Power BI team. Mm -hmm. um, so okay. I'm usually Kristen from the Power BI team. That makes sense, yeah. Any of them, so that's who we are. So one thing, like you said, what report do you need? What reporting needs to change? And what story are you trying to tell? Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this is a very important takeaway things because I think one of the one of the gaps we see all the time is that the data teams, the tech teams and the businesses are completely are, are not that well connected and stuff. So how you said you you, you partner very well very yeah. closely to your to the business units. Yeah. Like so how many business units are there and, and what is that relationship? What is that process? Yeah. So let's, let's get some lessons Absolutely. learned. What works well? What doesn't work? How, what are you learning? So we learn something new every day. Um, so we always joke about, uh, or I say all the time, and I think my team uh, rolls my their eyes at me, like every day is a school day, so what are we going to learn, right? <laughs> um, and it's not because we're an education company, but that's really what happens. So uh, we kicked off and I said, um, my concentration was about why teams fail and why they succeed and why, like, we apply that every single day. Um, so the first thing I would say is that when people ask what I do for a living or what my team does, I always say we're in the business of storytelling, but we have to tell an accurate story. And sometimes that story can be difficult, right? It's not going to be revenue is great every day. And, you know, we have challenges that we need to, to make sure that we're telling an accurate story. 
So as far as how the team is structured, um, so uh, my leader really partners with um, kind of the overall big picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I do a lot of the intake, um, the overall intake about like what's kind of going on and have sort of a pulse going. We'll get it probably into this about a lot of documentation, administrative work. So that's what I do. And then my team of three um, is super small, but they're amazingly mighty and don't knock them down. So you asked how many business units do you have? I mean, we really have the basic ones that any organization would have. So finance, operations, marketing. Um, but because we are a childhood uh, care company, we also have a huge safety component. Mm-hmm. Number one role, no one gets hurt. Um, so we constantly have a, a pulse on just safety and of our children. We're hugely passionate about, obviously. Um, and then from there, um, you know, uh, legal, um, IT, obviously. So we've got kind of those. So each analyst has sort of their niche. So I have one analyst who really partners just with HR. I forgot HR. They're mm-hmm. obviously huge. Um, we got 21,000 employees. So um, we've got, an, you know, one analyst partners with HR. Another one's finance and operations grant. Um, we've got another one who really works and focuses with marketing. The interesting thing is, is that we do have the same model with every business unit. So some of our business units have very strong um, analysts and analytic functions within their business unit. So we usually come to them and say, okay, what reporting do you need? What can we help with? And, you know, where can we assist? We have others, though, that that's not their forte. That's not their niche or they don't have the capacity. And so we come in and we say, all right, what do you need? Um, uh, one of our mantras is often we do not build it and forget it. Um, so all mm-hmm. the reporting that we have, it's a lot, but we are constantly asking the question. Um, so my uh, my analysts meet with their business units regularly. Um, sometimes that's a weekly cadence. Sometimes it's biweekly. It just sort of depends what works for them. Sometimes it's monthly and sometimes it's we haven't heard from you. So we're not calling until you call us. And that's mm-hmm. okay too, right? We, we're always there. Um, so I always say, ask your business units what report they're not using. If you build them a report and they're not using it, what's the why behind it? Is it not relevant? Do we not build it to standards? Does it not make sense? Can you not read it? Like what's what's going on? Um, And it's not because we're after a bad thing. It's we're trying to understand why is this so important? Like it was important here. You know, do we not produce? How can we how can we make it better? Mm-hmm. Um, the conversations we have are, are incredible. And then if that wasn't enough, um, on a weekly basis, uh, my team meets once a week. So we actually met this morning mm-hmm. um, before I came over here and we start talking about, you know, what have you learned? What's going on? Um, so I think one of the most awesome things that I pride myself on is when my team meets we know the entire enterprise story. Mm-hmm. Like we're sitting there and we know like, oh, I, you know, I met with this person and they're talking about this or I heard this. And so we're starting to say like, hey, did you know, like this is going on over here? Can we build a correlation here? Um, so then you start to get to that predictive piece. You start to get to the analytic piece. Like we're always thinking, we're always on the forefront. Um, and so we're trying not to just always be responsive to what people are asking us. Um, we're also trying to help bridge gaps yeah. and create communication. You're, you're trying to be proactive as well. Yes. And, and and it sounds like your group is starting to get an, an anticipation and an understanding of what the different groups, marketing, HR, et cetera, et cetera, kind of need. That's awesome. And I, there's a couple of things that you mentioned there that I, I really liked. One of them was around working with and interfacing and collaborating with the business, especially in a proactive way. I think that's huge. The second piece is around, so, you know, I have a pretty strong product background. And so whenever I hear product themes and what folks are talking about, I get very excited. And, you know, people talk a lot about data as a product, 
And uh, I think there's another aspect, which is sort of like reporting and analytics as a product. And it mm -hmm. seems like you're taking a very product centric approach here. Yeah. There's a surface area, there's a, a maintenance and, and sort of a, um, a, a keeping up with these different assets. And if people aren't using the product, then maybe that product shouldn't exist, that type right. of an approach. Do, do, you, do you kind of think of it as like life cycle management or something like that? Or is it a little bit more dynamic than that? Um, to be fair, mm -hmm. I think sometimes we really are just like, let's get it out there. Right. Yeah. And I mean that in the sense of we're going to try something, we're going to, you know, we're going to put it out there. But yes, mm -hmm. we are thinking about it absolutely like the life cycle. Um, you know, you're going to put it out there, you're going to be the early adopter, what works, what doesn't, we're, we're gathering ideas from people. Um, but again, we always go back to those relationships, I think, um, because in any product, people become attached, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've met a lot of amazing people who are very passionate about this report that they help stand up. And then maybe we have to go to them and say, well, is this too intense? Can the average person read it? Um, you know, is, is this really gonna, what's gonna matter? Maybe it matters for you and your department. And that's what we're going to put in your department app. Mm -hmm. But does this exact version need to go here? Does it need to go there? Um, we also get a lot of, uh, so people people chat and they're like, oh, the Power BI team did this or they did this. And mm -hmm. everyone's like, I want to copy and I want to copy. Okay, great. But then all of a sudden that's going to be information overload. Mm -hmm. So like what version can we give you, you know, sort of what's the why behind it? You almost become like a detective. Um, and so sometimes I uh, find myself having a very delicate conversation about, um, are you are you sure you need that? Like, mm -hmm. maybe let's go talk to them. Right. Um, and it's because it's like it's like a toy. Like, I want that. I want that. And mm -hmm. um, it's great to be in high demand. Uh, but how do you manage that high demand? Um, right. So I think that's how we really think of our product. But we are into this two and a half years. And again, we learn something new every day, you know, so we've put a lot of some reports out that we're like, oh, maybe that wasn't the best way or like, how can we learn? How can we manage, um, you know, building those the structure and stuff to get us what we're doing? So, so mm -hmm. what I, the, the information overload is something yeah. super fascinating because it, it seems like at, at LCG, it is very, uh, say very data literate. Is that because this is one of the things I was I talk about a lot is like data literacy. I, I, one of our former guests, uh, Malcolm Hawker, and I, we talk about this and we say data literacy like that. That's not the word we should be using because that implies that people are illiterate to data. I'm like, it's, and, and it's like, what do you mean? So because you can't understand it, then it's your fault. It's like, but why is it? Why do we assume it's your fault? Because you don't know, understand data. Maybe you built the wrong thing, right? right. If I go build something, people doesn't buy, they don't know how to go use it. I can't tell the consumer, oh, you, you're, you're illiterate for my product. Like you should have known better. It's like, no, you probably designed the wrong product, right? But it's not the same mentality with a data, but it, what I really love what I'm hearing here is that you are taking that extra step and saying, yes, you, you already know things, but also let's understand what you're trying to interpret. And so this is this great relationship that you're building with, with the consumers of your data. And I think this is what's missing a lot. I'm really excited about hearing, yeah. hearing about this. Um, anyways, I'm, I'm just really excited. No, about no, that. That's good. Yeah. To follow up with that. So, um, so I had the opportunity um, to take a, um, I received a master's certificate in business analytics, which I know is kind of random, but um, I, one of the takeaways I had from the program was a professor was very adamant and said, you have to remember the average person cannot read a graph. And I like was sitting there listening to this and I'm like, so you're telling me like all my work and the average person like, can't read it. Like that's like, that's what I really interpreted. Right. And that's not the, that's not the correct thing. But if you take a step back and you peel back, it was pretty remarkable because 
you're passionate about it and I can be passionate about it and you can be passionate about it, but we're all going to look at the same chart and we're going to see something different. Mm -hmm. We're all going to look at the same graph. We're going to see something different. And so again, when you put something out there and you understand it and you know every avenue of it and you're like, and this is how they should read it and this is how they should interpret it. So part of my role has really turned into, um, just focusing on the end user because I'm always fascinated when people don't use it. So we can we can look up usage metrics, right? And we can we can see. And I'm not doing this to be like, I built that report and I better see a 95% usage rate or it wasn't worth my time. Mm-hmm. I want to know why. Right. Like, why isn't it? And so um, I've started um, having an amazing opportunity. I've partnered with our our training department. And we've started putting out literature on how to how to read and interpret reporting. And it's been really, really cool to watch because I have learned so much about why people um, maybe a little bit nervous. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, like I find myself on the phone and I'm like, OK, just click on the graph. I promise you, you're not going to mess it up. Like, the, like we're going to do this, you know? And mm. I think sometimes people are like, really? That's like, I'm like, that's it. Like, I'm going to oh. screw it up. I'm going to screw it up, right? You are you can click. I promise. And it's just taking that little step and almost mm. that empowerment. And all of a sudden, you, you just, you this, see the switch. This is, a it's big, awesome. this is a big aha moment right now. You can, you look at usage metrics. You're like, oh, this is not, not being used. This was a bad thing. Like, this was not the report they wanted. But it's like wait, we should approach this more in a human aspect. It's like maybe people were a bit afraid of, they didn't know, they like, they didn't know. Let's, let's kind of give a little bit more of training around it. And then they feel more comfortable. And suddenly that usage can increase yeah. because that's a very mm-hmm. important point. I think we, we, we take, we can interpret again, we can interpret the graph so many different ways, but at the end of the day, one thing is we can be very quantitative, but a lot of this is very quality. We got to go talk to the people. And this is one of my frustrations that right. I have with, the, with a lot of the data folks who don't talk to people. It's like, Data is a social technical phenomena here. You can't just look at it from a technical point of view and never talk to users. Yeah. You can't just stay in the silo and and only look at the usage metrics and just say, oh, well, I guess this, this dashboard's no good or something like that. You have mm-hmm. to actually understand how it's going to be used and yes. what they were trying to accomplish. Yes. yes. Uh, so one thing, another thing that you brought up was about having the different teams. You mentioned there's like checks and balances between your team yeah. reports and finance, and then there's still the IT team. This is a very interesting aspect of how your how reporting is. I'm always interested in how organizations organize all their data teams and what they report to. So how is that how is that relationship with the other tech side and, and what what does the checks and balances mean to you? Absolutely. Um so there's there's a few different things I think are pretty remarkable about the way that we have structured this. Um, you can Google any way to set up a, a data and reporting team, and there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of different ideas out there. So specifically, the one that we went to is I like to say is almost like a centralized reporting team. Mm-hmm. Um, our model really is self-service analytics. Um, that being said, we have amazing relationships with all of our partners, but specifically IT. Um, because what happens is, is if a report looks wrong, um, if it doesn't look great, if the, the end user doesn't know who to call. Um, so it's usually one ticket into IT, ironically. And most people think our team sits in IT. Um, and, and we don't. It doesn't matter. But we, we sit in a whole other business unit for a reason. Um, and that reason is really around saying, we are with you as a business. We get the business. But we also are going to talk that tech side. And mm-hmm. so we sit there and we really bridge the gap. 
Um, and we have had to have a very open and honest, transparent conversation with both sides um, about we're going to take this what I like to say is very raw and ugly data because that's what it is. You know, added like anyone look at a SQL query, like that's not cute. Like it's, it's raw and it's, I mean, it's, it's there, um, but it's not pretty. And then we interpret. I'm going to quote you on that. Have you ever looked at a SQL query? That's not cute. Uh, that's that needs to get a t-shirt. What do you say? Like it's not <laughs> right. I mean, it's just, it's even, I look at it I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Um, but again, the average person isn't going to look at a SQL query and know how to interpret it. And that's okay. You know? Um, so a lot of times I would say personally, I tell people what I do and they're like, really, you do what? And I'm like, trust me, you don't want me in this school teaching your children like that. They're experts for that. And that's not me. Um, but I'm going to help and we're going to, we're going to bridge that gap and we're going to have the conversation. So I think in a roundabout way, I'm asking or answering your question, what we do is so relationship-based at its heart. Um, it's about going because of the relationships we have to IT and saying, hey, listen, we were we were looking at this one data warehouse table. We noticed this. We think it's this. Like, we're not just saying, hey, we think we have a problem. Go figure it out. Like, we're fully there working with them, trying to figure it out, trying to be that proactive partner. And then we're with the business unit saying, you know what? We check the data. We know it's accurate. We know it's right. Um, and, and here's some of the ways we can interpret it. And, and here's how we can present that. Um, you know, maybe it's a challenge or, you know, cause again, not every story is going to be good. Mm -hmm. If, if this was perfect and we all had these great stories, um, our teams probably wouldn't exist. So I often, um, I tell my team a lot, which to be fair, they roll their eyes at me a lot. Cause they're like, Oh, here's another Kristen quote, but here we go. <laughs> um, I, I love always saying to them, listen, Great analytics and great reporting is going to answer their three questions and it's going to probe three more at least. And if we um, if we ever come to a place where we stop prompting questions, we are out of jobs. So let's build reporting that's going to prompt those questions, right? Because we need to make sure that we always have jobs. Um, but in all seriousness, um, that's, I think, what's really important. And it's it's being that partner to both sides, which I think is so important. So again, yeah, we report into finance, but we sort of are kind of in our own little world. Um, and again, we just have such amazing relationships with every area of the business that we just get this opportunity. So I almost sell it as like, a, hey, you want some reporting? All right, tell me a little bit about your business. Like we're going to exchange here, right? Like tell me more, tell me more. Um, and then learn and grow. And so to be able to watch uh, my team of analysts and just how much they know about the business has been absolutely rewarding for me because I don't think, um, I think sometimes they even surprise themselves about everything that they're learning. And it's just awesome. I, 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 you are hitting this nail of the, the, of the business literacy. Like we need to be able, it's not just about data literacy. When you get into the business literacy, understand how the business works. Um, so if I understand correctly, so you have a, you are a centralized kind of reporting team, but there are business units who also do their own analytical reporting yes, projects. Absolutely. Right? Yep, okay. yep. Yeah, and then there's also a centralized IT team. Mm -hmm. And then you have these great relationships. And, and it seems like you also kind of have this, uh, you're in the middle, right? You can manage the business conversation and the IT conversation so you can manage that. Manage that. When do you become a bottleneck then? Well, we don't think we are. Um, but... You don't think you are, but do, do you, other people think? When, when does your team of five need to be a team of 10 or 20? And is that scalable? So, okay. So I will Honest, say that. Honest, no BS here. Yeah, I know. All right, we're going there. So here's, here's, um, here's one thing. So first of all, I would say that 
Yes. In almost every meeting, I laugh because there's always somebody from the Power BI team present. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's kind of what people are, are used to now. It's mm-hmm. almost like phone a friend, like phone us and we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're becoming sort of that consultant. Um, there are, I believe, conversations that take place every day and, and any business will have them about what does the future look like? What What is the next step, right? Do we, do we start to have more analytics? Is it just reporting? Is it, you know, the irony is, um, and especially working in predictive analytics, I often find myself saying, listen, if I could predict the future, I would predict the lottery numbers and then I would actually retire early, right? But like, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I can't predict the future and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I do know that um, we have an incredibly supportive leadership that does have a pulse on our team. Uh, they know we we have a lot. We have a huge workload, but we also have amazing partners who are so willing to um, to take their time. So one of the things we started challenging back to try not to be a bottleneck is we all are managing our workloads um, and constantly saying like, okay, well I'm working with this and I've got this and I've got to figure this all out and how is it? And then I got to make sure that the team doesn't get overwhelmed. They've got a good work-life balance. It's incredibly important to me. I can't, we can't be burned out. Um, and so where I'm going with this is we often say in a very honest way, um, listen, I see your priority, but I've got this other one right now. So here's some options. I can produce this report. That's not going to tell you everything, but maybe you take it and go because you, you are one of our business units that has a little bit more capacity to maybe do some of your own analytics. Okay. So we leverage what we have. We don't have the same model for every team. Um, sometimes just by saying I need a week cause I have something else and we've got the relationship and people know like, oh, it's not like they're sitting there not doing anything. Like we know they're busy. Um, and so sometimes they end up answering their own questions and then they come back to us with like something random anyway. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, do you still need the other thing though? Cause like we're, we're ready, but. So it's not just like a one size fits all kind of no, internal SLA. No, it's either. really each group yes. has their own needs and own relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is just the evidence of like you can't have like a cookie cutter approach. Like this is the human side of, of things, sort right? of like this is the way. This is like, the framework yeah, how we're going to establish that works, things. I mean, right? yeah. I mean, I guess you want to have that, and you probably may start with that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you need to have these personal relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's the key takeaway here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one th- another topic is machination. Mm-hmm. My favorite. Okay, so why is that your favorite, and how do you incentivize for having documentation and up to date and everything? Yeah, some people would say documentation is not cute either. So, curious about your thoughts there. No, right. <laughs> so now I love a good process. Um, so, and anyone who's watching this, who knows me, is cracking up at this point. So, um, we are new, and when we started this, it was like, okay, let's let's build a reporting team. And, mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully coming from a background I, that I have, so I've spent the majority of my career up until now as an analyst. Um, and I always just got really good at documenting like all my desk procedures. That was just always my thing because if I wanted to take a day off, I could be like, Hey, here, can you do this report while I'm out and just follow these and, and let me know if you have any questions. Right. So that was just always my thing. And I'm also really organized. Um, so again, it's just my thing as far as incentivizing, uh, it's sometimes has been a challenge to find the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was actually a period, uh, this past spring where we went in a, like a three day shutdown and everyone blocked their calendars and we really just didn't take any work and we went in a full shutdown. Um, and I mean, this is like not, in, um, innovative or anything. It's a Microsoft OneNote, And we were like, all right, here's our OneNote. 
everyone start putting in your desk procedures. And I just sold it as, do you guys want to take a day off? We need to know what to do when you're not here, right? Like that, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. And so you got to know how to do my job, right? Um, but then part of it became too is, and um, most of my career as an analyst, I actually spent in banking. Um, so audits are a huge thing uh, in banking. And so um, I spent a lot of time always talking to an auditor. And I always found that they would you know, start asking me sort of the process and the procedure. And if you had it together, I always felt like the, qu- the conversation was like over pretty quickly. Um, so maybe that's a little intel or just Kristen world. I don't know. But um, so I just always started documenting everything. And so now I always ask like the question about like, okay, well, why did you publish the report? If an auditor came to you and said, hey, why did you publish this report? Because what we do is, I mean, we, we're dealing with very highly sensitive, confidential data. Like we can't just put it out for anybody. Um, so we started like asking the question. Um, so we now have procedures for everything. So um, all of our Power BI apps have full documentation on why, who has access. We quarterly audit who's looking at stuff. Um, we have procedures, like I call them dust procedures, but like any of our uh, static monthly reports. Um, but then we also started putting stuff in our team about like, hey, did you see this, you know, um, YouTube video on like some DAX formula or something, you know, cause like we're still all learning this as we go. Um, so I think a huge role of what we do or what I remind myself is, um, I don't think I'm that old. Like I've only been out of college for 15 <laughs> years, but that's like ancient in this world. Um, so when I graduated, business intelligence wasn't a thing. It's probably why I have a master's certificate in business analytics, right? Because that wasn't a thing. I found an intern along the way who's like, oh yeah, I'm at Virginia Tech. My major is business intelligence. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like <laughs> I'm that old? Like the, the world's changed. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay, I get it. Like I'm that old. Um, Um, But why that becomes important is, I don't want to say we're all making it up as we go, but we're all learning it as we go, right? Like, let's, okay, maybe we are, but, um, (laughs) but we really are doing this, you know, to understand, and there's no right or wrong way to stand up a reporting team, to stand up a BI team. Um, So you figure out what works for your company. Hmm. I love that. I, I like that last quote. The the we're not making this up as we go. We're really learning on the go. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna we're gonna get a lot of t-shirts by the time yeah, this conversation so There's like five t-shirts already at this. I'm very no, excited. This is so good. <laughs> I mean, there's so many other questions that you know come to mind and things like that. But honestly, maybe it makes sense to to go ahead and jump into our lightning round because I think we've got some. Oh, yeah, we got all right. There. We got our lightning round questions, which yeah. presented by Data.World. So I'll go to the first one. Should analysts reach out directly to people in the business and ask for meetings with decision makers? Why not? Yeah. I, I guess I just live in this world of, um, especially when I was an analyst, again, if I found somebody who was willing to sort of trust me, I'd be like, listen, I don't know what's going on or I don't, I don't get what all this is, right? Mm-hmm. Like help me. They're going to help you in return. Um, I am not a fan of when people sit in meetings and they use all these acronyms and they sort of just talk and everyone else is like, what are they saying? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Um, That's not me. That's never going to be me. Um, And so I just like, why can't we all know the same thing? Right. I always Mm -hmm. say like level the playing field. Right. And I think that that's why, um, you know, like, 
people are people and they're going to remember how you treated them. Mm -hmm. And data is an incredibly scary topic. Why can't an analyst, you know, within reason, I mean, I don't know that I would have called the CEO as an analyst and like, hey, sir, how's it going? Like, <laughs> can, can I see what can your I problems are? What yeah, you, like, about the business? Yeah. You, you don't have anything important to do, right? I gotcha. Um, <laughs> but that being said, right? <laughs> exactly. Understand the business. And yes. Yeah. So I, I, business I, literacy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, second question. Yes. Um, often get very excited about data democratization mm. as kind of a concept and think about, you know, everyone has access to BI tools and things like that is like one example of that. Is data democratization the right thing to focus on? Well, I'm probably going to toe the line on this one. Um, so I would say that I think it depends where your business is at, right? Like every user group is going to be different. So I think you need to know who is really about your organization, where are they at and where are they going? So for instance, if you are in an environment um, that is like a high turnover environment, people are constantly gonna have to learn your business before they can start getting into the problem solving, right? Mm -hmm. Cause if you show up at a job, you're gonna need six months to learn. It's just my personal opinion. No one's gonna learn your business overnight. So you, to me, have to focus your data, your structure, I think based on your company and your people, um, you can't necessarily just say, okay, this is it. But again, I think after this conversation, we've all learned that I'm not like a one size fits all kind of person either. Um, so I think it depends on your company. Mm -hmm. All right. Third question. Yes. Do you think that the approach you've implemented at Learning Care Group is uh, kind of sort of like a data mesh model or is that the complete different doesn't apply, apply here? Can you define data mesh? <laughs> All right, that's a good that's a good answer right there. Yeah, I agree. That, was, that was part of the trick. The, the funny the funny question there, but all right. All right. All right, fourth fourth question. Okay. Um, and I'm actually going to break the mold a little bit with this one because we usually do yes no questions, but I wanted to break this. I wanted to add this hint in here. Is there a trend in data or analytics that you're most excited about? I am super excited. That me, I feel like years ago, the analytics and the data function kind of sat in this little group, no matter where it was at. And it was a, a group that was privy to it. And there, there was the one and it probably went to executive leadership. And I think today, regardless of the organization, regardless of the industry, regardless of the structure, data is out there for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if you want it, you will have access to it. And so to me, the trend is that more and more companies or organizations or industries are going to, everybody gets it. The key is if you want it, because again, you can build it, but will they come? Mm. Um, and so I think for me, it's, it's more of an access to everybody. Um, and obviously that creates challenges, but I think that that's really important. Mm -hmm. That's very nice. All right, Tim. TTT, Tim, take us away with takeaways. All right. Takeaways. Um, so, so many good, uh, good takeaways here. So we really started off with just being a little bit mind boggled by the scale that y'all have been able to achieve in terms of the, the you know, 21,000 person employee organization with a five person data team. Um, and you mentioned that it's really all about teamwork, um, that you've got, you know, uh, this license competitive uh, uh, capacity for all these different age ranges. You've got all these different employees, a lot of teachers, 
but you also have a lot of hierarchy as well. So the director level, the regional level, uh, and then you've got the central group yeah. that kind of serves them all to support central. Um, and so really, uh, you know, within that structure, teamwork has been key and really asking the questions, what reporting do you need? What reporting needs to change? And what story are you trying to tell? And I think that's powerful from a scope standpoint because it helps the organization see, hey, we're here to help. Uh, we're here to treat this like a product and keep it going over time and really help the rest of the organization to, you know, to accomplish the things that it needs to accomplish um, with the stories that they're trying to tell with data. And I think what's great also is that you mentioned about the partnerships that you have with other key supporting functions like IT, uh, like the um, uh, the governance group, et cetera, and being able to work together to, to get the data that you need and, and develop the things that you need. You said that we're in the business of storytelling. Uh, we need to tell an accurate story. Each analyst has their niche, right? And you have to work with all these different groups, HR, finance, marketing, and they all have the different things that they're driving for. Some of these groups have analytics functions already and some do not. And so you really have to learn what are these different groups trying to do um, and the analytics team sees the bigger picture. And so you're able to actually piece together more of that enterprise story. Um, always things go back to relationships. And I think that's probably the biggest theme that I took away from all of this was building relationships with the business, with the data team. You use the word consultant a few times, really mm -hmm. that idea that you're partnering with the business and helping them not just accomplish the stories that they're trying to, to get to, but also manage information overload. And there's, you know, this aspect you mentioned of being a detective, really making sure that is this the thing that's going to help them the most? Because the different parts of the business might not always know that, um, oh, this isn't really the appropriate thing. It's a consulting aspect that you're doing there to help them get to the right thing. Yeah. Juan, what about you? What were your well, takeaways? So I get a couple more to add here. One, the usage metrics. Now, this is something we need to be measure. We need to measure things. I think we need to measure usage. But we need to be able to interpret the usage. And mm -hmm. I think... A lot of the times it's like, oh, it's not being used. It's a bad thing, but let's understand the why. And I think over everything, it's why, why, why. I love this case. It's like maybe somebody's using it because they just didn't feel comfortable. They need a little bit more training. You get them more comfortable, and then they'll start using it. So it's really, really important like having the usage metrics and getting behind the why. So the, your, your team setup. So you do have a, you are a centralized reporting team underneath finance. You have a great relationships with IT. And everything, again, the theme here is just relationships, build mm -hmm. relationships with everybody. Other different businesses, they will have their own type of analytical functions too. And I think one of the issues about kind of being on when it comes to scalability, we're talking about is like, let's just be transparent with priorities saying, yes, we're busy right now with the, with the following. We can't do it right now. Maybe next week, maybe you can do it yourself. And, and, and that's, that's, those are the different approaches, how to go deal with this and you've been able to go manage it. I, I think couple fun quotes. You take raw, ugly data. Have you looked at that SQL query? That's not cute. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt for sure. Another one is great analytics will prompt more questions. And that's a good thing because otherwise we're out of a job. That's another good one right there. Um, and and if, if people are asking for reporting, it's like, yeah, we'll give you some reporting, but you got to tell me more about your business. Mm -hmm. um, and then on documentation, I see it also as another way to scale. And I like how you say, you want to take your day off, right? You want other people to do your work? Well, document it so that people will do your work. That's why you shut down for three days and, and let's just document our procedures. Mm -hmm. And another interesting uh, tidbit here is like coming from the finance uh, world is like finance and regulations is, hey, if I had those conversations with those regulatory folks and I had all my documentation, oh, that, no. that, that was a that was an easy <laughs> conversation. So, so, yeah, that's actually a way to get out of hard conversations. Have
well documented. <laughs> but if I'm going to summarize our discussion, it's really data is about relationships. Data is about it's a people thing. It's really about understanding the business. Uh, you guys hit the nail on the head. Uh, did 100%. we do? 100%. Anything we missed? Uh, no, I think you guys covered. All right. So throw it back to you. Three okay. final questions. Yes. What's your advice about data, life, whatever? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what resources do you follow? People, books, blogs, conferences, yeah. and so forth. Okay. So um, the first one is, what is my advice? Um, on a very personal level, um, this is for anyone out there who is listening. Um, I personally have a career that I don't think a lot of people ever thought I would have. Um, I think I often am a uh, circle trying to fit in the square peg, per se, um, but I have stayed persistent and I've stayed true to myself. Um, I am truly blessed to have the team that I have, and I cannot say that enough. I would be doing a disservice if I didn't um, just show how amazing that they are and I, I say all the time, like, I'm, I'm getting to build the team that I always wanted to sit on as an analyst. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my way is not necessarily for everybody. Um, but at the end of the day, I know that I can go to bed and that I have done everything um, by the book to the right standards. I've made the best choices I can. And so for anyone listening, regardless of where you're at, especially with working with something like data, because it is ugly, it's not cute. Um, (laughs) Stay true to yourself and be willing to put yourself out there. And I think that is why I have gotten to where I am because of that. That's awesome. As far as who you should invite next, so I'm not going to name any names online, but I did allude to the fact um, I uh, grew up in the banking and finance. A lot of it was spent in the credit union space. Um, So I've listened to a a lot of your podcasts, and I don't think you've had anyone from the credit union space. Hmm. And so if you need some names, I'll give you. Oh, that's Um, interesting. But credit unions are, um, I'm not really doing a shameless plug about where you should bank, but what I am saying is that um, uh, credit unions and the way that they're structured, um, I know personally I had a lot of great opportunities to learn a lot of different things Hmm. that I do today because credit unions um, are smaller, and so you get to see a lot. You get to do a lot. Um, And so uh, if you need some names after, I'll give them, but I think uh, some credit union people – um, they have some really good ideas. So uh, Ooh, awesome. shout out to the credit. We'll take you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then last, what resources do I follow? Okay. So um, at, I'm not going to try to pretend at its root. I'm a mom of two very young kids. So my world is like Disney Plus and I'm a junior. <laughs> um, so I don't have a ton of time to uh, follow, but Paw Patrol, I got you covered. Um, Chase is on the case. Uh, so uh, what I would say is... Um, I do, um, I, I mean, I usually Google a lot, like, oh, is there some new trend or something? But I actually, if I get the chance, I love to read autobiographies of people um, who have been successful and how they've gotten to where they were in their careers. So, um, like, I read uh, George Bush's book, which was pretty cool. I read Joe Paterno's book, which was pretty cool. I recently uh, finished Shoe Dog, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight of Nike. Um, so I love to read those success stories um, about like where they got to and kind of what was their like pivotal moment where they were like, all right, we're going to do this or we're going to fail. And um, there's some that's pretty cool. cool some things in there. So I hmm. would say that. That's awesome. Those are some that's great recommendations for our listeners <laughs> yeah. to check out. Yeah. So, well, right. 
this was a phenomenal conversation. Uh, as always, thanks to Data Rose who lets us do this uh, yeah. every Wednesday and uh, or whatever day today is. And <laughs> yeah. Valentine's Day. day. Valentine's happy, day. happy Valentine's day. day to everyone and cheers to relationships. Cheers. cheers. This is Catalog and Cocktails. A special thanks to Data.World for supporting the show, Carly Berghoff for producing, John Loyans and Brian Jacob for the show music, and thank you to the entire Catalog and Cocktails fan base.